0: Got dreams of being a professional podcaster, but have no idea what you're doing? This is impossible. That's about to change. A new kind of school. Welcome to the PodSchool Podcast. Hello there. My goodness, hasn't it been a while since we've spoken to each other? There has been a lot going on in the world, and I certainly did not anticipate that the next time I would speak to you would be at a time when we were all hiding from each other and nobody could get their hands on any toilet paper. So what a world we live in. But since that is what is happening at the moment, I'm getting a huge amount of questions regarding remote recording and recording your podcast separately, since none of us can be in the same room together as each other anymore. Now, there are a lot of different options, and I thought I would just do a bumper remote recording episode and take you through all of the options that you have, the benefits and the disadvantages of each and then a bit of a sliding scale of audio quality so you can really understand what way of remote recording gives you the absolute best quality all the way down to what the worst quality is. I must note though that these days even the worst quality isn't terrible and often the decision that you make about how to record your podcast remotely is really going to depend on who you're doing the show with. So whether you've got a guest on the other end of the line who has absolutely no idea about technology or audio recording and you don't want to freak them out by asking them to get microphones and download software and things. Or if you are doing a show remotely with somebody that is really comfortable with audio and recording, that will make a huge difference. So let us begin by going through the different options that you have. The first is recording audio locally. So that means that whoever is talking on your podcast is recording the audio where they are. This requires audio software or an audio recorder to record onto, but essentially you are getting really high quality audio at both ends that then you need to match up later. So you need to put that audio together and I will go through the benefits and the disadvantages of this and what's required, but that's basically two people or three people recording their audio where they. The other option you've got is recording using a website or app. There's a lot of apps and websites that have come out to try and help combat this issue of people being on a podcast and not being able to be in the same room together. Obviously, this sprung up because there are a lot of interview shows around and it is a bit of a punish if you can only do interviews with people who you can be in the same room as because you're probably going to want to talk to people all over the world if you could. So there are a lot of websites that have been created to try and help this problem. There are benefits and limitations to each and I will take you through a few that I've used, but this can be a really great way to record audio at both ends and kind of match it up in a much simpler way. Another option is recording via Skype. Of course, this has been done since the beginning of podcast time. You will have heard many, many shows, very professional shows, shows that are getting a lot of downloads using Skype as a way to record interviews. It is an acceptable way to have lower quality audio on your show. People are used to hearing Skype quality audio. So while I'm a bit of a particular for trying to get it to sound like people are in the same room. There is absolutely no reason if you can only get somebody on Skype or call them via Skype, why you can't record them that way. And it's not like you're going to have people listening to the show going, oh, This is an audio outrage. So you can definitely record comfortably with Skype. And the last option is to record using a mixer or um, a portable recording device like a Zoom H6 that also operates like a mixer where basically you're using the phone audio and inputting that into the mixer or the recording device and then recording the audio that comes out of that device or mixer. So those are the ways that you can do it. Let's go through what is required for each. The first is recording locally. So you're going to need a good microphone at both ends. The thing about recording locally is that you are recording in kind of the best way you possibly can. So the last thing you want to do is have a high-quality recording of crappy audio. So if somebody is recording locally and they're just using the computer mic on their laptop, it is going to be a great recording of something that sounds utterly garbage. So it's really important to have a really high-quality microphone. Again, that doesn't mean that it needs to be expensive But it just needs to be able to capture great audio because you're really going to be picking up everything uh, when you're recording locally. So you also need the audio software or hardware at both ends. So you could record directly into Adobe Audition using a USB mic or you could record onto a portable audio recorder like a Zoom. There are plenty of options. You just need to choose the one that you are most familiar and comfortable with. But you will need that at both ends. So both people will have to be responsible for recording. Recording their audio locally. You'll also need a bit of technical knowledge. So, this isn't something that you can spring on a guest (laughs) that you're having on your show and say, by the way, do you mind just downloading Audition and learning how to plug your inputs into that and record your own voice? So, it is really an option that you want to do if you have been separated from your co host and you guys are having to work out a new way to do the show remotely that can be a really great option to record your audio locally so that you get the highest quality possible. And it kind of sounds like you are in the same room or as close as it possibly can. You also need a way to hear each other. So if you are recording locally, you're not going to be able to hear the other person on the other end. So you need to loop up via a program like Skype. That's often how I would do it. I would record locally. I would also run Skype at the same time. I would plug my earphones into my computer to listen to Skype and I would put those earbuds in and then I might pop noise cancelling headphones over the top of that so that the audio doesn't bleed out from somebody talking to me on Skype and, and get picked up by the microphone and then plug those headphones into my Zoom where I record locally onto that audio. So you do still need a way to hear the person that you're talking to. You also need a way to see them. It's really hard when you are remotely recording with somebody to get that chemistry that you have when you're in the same room to So anything that you can do to make it feel like you are actually in the same room is going to really help your show. So you want to download Skype and be looking at each other rather than just talking to a blank screen and hearing their audio. It'll be much easier to get as much more of that rhythm and chemistry as you possibly can if you can see them at the same time. And then you need a space that is good to record in. So at both ends, both people are going to need to be in a space that is going to produce the best audio quality possible, i.e. not the toilet nor the kitchen usually avoid tiles and hard surfaces if you can somewhere like your bedroom pull the curtains across get the doona out try and get as many soft furnishings around as possible so that that sound can be absorbed and you can get as high quality audio as possible when you're recording the benefit of this obviously is that you are going to get the best quality audio possible if you are not in the same room as each other you want to try and get as close to mimicking the sound of being in the same room to together as possible. And this is a good way to do that. Some of the disadvantages are it obviously requires skills and knowledge. So you need to do it with a co-host. You also have to line up the audio. So you want to remember to give a big clap at both ends so that you can have a little bit of a visual cue to line up the audio in your audio editing software after. That can be a bit fiddly. Once you start doing it and you've done it a few times it becomes quite natural but the first time you can feel like it's hard to get things in sync but if you've got that clap mark that just gives you a big peek in the audio waveform that allows you to line up your two tracks and then you can export those two things down into one file and edit on that. So sometimes for some people that's not a picnic if you've never done it before so it's just something to be mindful of. You also need to obviously run the additional software to hear each other so it's a a bit of faffing that's needed to be done, and it can be a bit hard to get the chemistry right sometimes when you're in different rooms. So, if you are used to being in the same room as your co host, then don't be afraid to really try and do a couple of practice records just to get the rhythm right and get back into the groove when you are maybe looking at each other down the Skype video rather than being in the same room. If that part of your show is really important to get the vibe up um, and to make things really fun and playful, then maybe it's worth having a bit of a practice at that before you. You actually record a live show. The next option is using a remote recording platform. Now, there are a bunch of apps and websites that have come out. Zencaster, Squadcast, and Ringer are just a few, and these have really been designed to create that local audio experience, so recording audio locally at both ends, without actually having to bother about clapping or worry about setting up two separate pieces of software at either end. This is really a website or an app where you get linked up with your co-host, or your guest within a sort of room, and you record the audio in there, and it records each of you locally where you are and then uploads the file to the cloud. This is spectacular. In theory. In theory, this should work perfectly where the audio is just as good as it is if you are recording locally in software or hardware. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work perfectly. I have had some sessions where it is fantastic. I've had other sessions where the audio isn't great or the internet connection drops out and you're kind of having a bit of a weird back and forth conversation. So it is not foolproof for sure, but it is a really good option that can make things a lot easier. Easier if it works well. I always advise that you just trial a few of these different websites and find out which one you really like and which produces the best audio for you. They often have either a free package or a seven-day trial that you can try out. So give them a burl and find out which one you prefer to use. You're gonna need still a good microphone at ideally both ends, a good internet connection too, because often they can drop out. And the good thing about that, however, is that it often makes the the conversational chemistry a bit jolty because you're like, oh, oh, God, have I lost you? Oh, are you there? But in my experience, at least I've used Zencaster more than any other program, and usually the audio that is being recorded isn't actually affected by that glitchiness because it's being recorded locally. So it's important to remember, even if things are sounding a bit disjointed, if you can make out what your co-host or your interview subject is saying, sometimes you don't need to stop them to start again because it will actually be recording and you can just keep on going. It's more annoying than anything. And again, these programs also require a good recording space. So if you're talking to a guest, you just need to kind of make sure that they're sitting in a space that's going to be conducive to good audio quality, which is what we are all after. So some of the benefits of remote recording platforms is it obviously records high-quality audio without the need for complex setup or a lot of technology. although you do often need your own microphone. The website Squadcast is actually great because it is both video and audio So you can actually see people within the platform rather than having to run Skype at the same time. So that's really a good way to actually be just using one piece of software or one website without having to open up a whole bunch of different applications, which can be a bit annoying. It's also really easy to send a link to people. So you just open up the room that you want to record in and then you can either invite people via email or you just send them a link and they literally just click on it and pop in there. So it's very easy if you're dealing with people who aren't sort of used to setting these kind of things up they just click on the link and in they pop Uh, the audio is also immediately synced up which is awesome you don't have to clap when you press record it records immediately at the exact same second at both locations or more than two locations if you're recording multiple people so that means when you drag those individual files and they save individually when you drag them into your audio editing software you don't have to line them up you just bring them up to the front of your multi and they are all lined up ready to go at exactly the right spot, which is awesome. I should mention, so Zencaster is the audio only platform. So they record audio locally. That's the one I've used the most, um, but they don't have video. So I've always run Skype on top of that. I've just recently started playing around with Squadcast and um, the interface is really good and easy to use. And it's really great having that video incorporated into it. Ringer is a great option if you want to speak to people on the phone, but you don't want to use phone call audio. So what the person that you have on the show does is actually download the Ringer app and they can open up the app and they will be in the recording session in that app. So the audio that is being recorded is actually the audio from the phone microphone rather than down the phone line, which can be good. And you can actually plug your high quality microphone into your phone, open up the app and record in the app as well. Ringer do have a desktop app at the moment. I have tried it and I cannot get it to give me good local audio at my end so from everything that I've heard and seen using the app is actually the better way to go so if you can plug in a decent microphone to your phone and get in a good recording space and record somebody who is also on the app at the other end they don't need a microphone if they don't have it and they're just a guest they can just open up the app and use their phone audio but that can be a good way to get decent audio from somebody who all you have is a phone for them if they're guest. Some of the disadvantages is that it will need a good microphone again, because it'll be recording locally. You don't want to record bad audio locally, of course, unless you use Ringer, which is designed to be used on the phone. And it is problematic if you don't have a strong internet connection. I've had plenty of times where it has buffered and dropped out and all those things. So that can be really annoying. But in these times when we are trying to find different ways to do things, them's the breaks. So if you really need to do it and right now we really need to do things remotely then it can be a great way to still be able to get up a show every week that is high quality and great audio and then you can just deal with the glitches because it is honestly the least of our worries at this point in time. Next we have the traditional way that a lot of people have been recording remote interviews for a long long time and that is recording via Skype. What you need when you are doing this is a great internet connection obviously. You also need additional soft Software. If you are a Mac user, you'll use Ecamm Call Recorder. If you are on a PC, you will use a program called Pamela. Skype actually does now have an ability to record. I just find Ecamm gives you much more flexibility, and you can split the audio tracks, and it is designed for this kind of thing. So it's not super expensive, and it can just make your life a lot easier. So you'll also need a bit of money if you're going to call people via the phone. Um, obviously, if you're just calling on Skype and using the app on. People's phone that's free so that's good as well and the audio quality obviously if you are recording somebody talking on their phone is going to be lower unless you can record them locally which is an option if both people have that recording software at both ends you can actually record both ends locally split the tracks and then put the two locally recorded high quality audio tracks together again that requires a bit of technical knowledge. So if you are just calling people to do an interview, often just firing up Skype, firing up Ecamm or Pamela and recording the session and then editing that afterwards is the easiest way to go. The benefits of using Skype is that you are using a program that people are familiar with. So a lot of people know how to use Skype. They've used it before. It's not going to be terrifying if you say, hey, I'll call you on Skype because they're not going to go, oh God, what is that? How does it work? I'm so embarrassed. I'm a tech idiot. You don't want to intimidate your guests before you've even started talking to them. So using Skype can actually be really good because people know what it is and how to use it. You can also make phone calls pretty cheap if you need to get people on the phone. The Skype audio is slightly better than phone audio, although to most people's ears, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And people are used to hearing interviews this way. If you've been doing your interviews in person, then sometimes hearing that knock in quality, I'm certainly guilty of feeling a bit icky about that. But people understand at a time like this, Uh, that that's got to happen. And it is certainly not quality that is so bad people are going to turn off. So, you know, it is a really good way to get over this hump of recording. Some of the disadvantages, of course, is that lower audio quality of your guests than you. Ideally, you don't want to record a co-host like this because you want you and your co-host to be at similar audio quality. It makes sense if you've got a guest and you're at a really high quality. But if you are doing it with a co-host and you still want to record over Skype, I would make sure that you both record locally using Ecamm and then match up those bits of good audio or alternatively use a website like Zencaster or Squadcast or record locally on your software or hardware. Some of the other disadvantages is it obviously needs an additional program, which is Ecamm or Pamela, but it's really easy to use and it integrates really well, so that's not a major issue and it requires good internet like all of these things do. Finally, uh, using a mixer. So very rarely would you have a mixer at home. Some podcasters do for sure, but if you're starting out, you're probably not going to have it. You can use a traditional mixer or Rode have brought out a product called the Rodecaster Pro. You can also use your portable recorder as a mixer like your Zoom. And basically it sounds a bit complex, but essentially it's just a piece of hardware that allows you to plug different inputs in. So when you use a mixer or the Rodecaster Pro, you would basically get your phone and connect it up via cable and plug it into the mixer and then you would be able to record the audio that came out of your phone. Not everybody is going to have this set up so you do actually need uh, the proper hardware to be able to do this and just a little tip, it's always a good idea if you are able to link up your phone to use a program that uses data rather than a phone line. So maybe WhatsApp audio or FaceTime audio or Skype or something like that, it's just going to be marginally less crappy (laughs) than phone audio. So all always a good idea to to use that and use people's data and make sure they've got a decent um, amount of internet rolling around where they are. So the benefits of this is obviously it makes the process a lot easier because you just plug it in and you've got a lot more flexibility. The disadvantages is that it requires the hardware and also important to note the right cables. Just because it looks like it'll plug into the hole doesn't mean when you plug it into the hole, it'll actually work. Sometimes you need to do a bit of research into what plugs into what to actually make the audio appear in your software or your recording device. So don't just think, oh, I've got a plug that looks like that. That's going to work because it's not as simple as that sometimes. So you just need the right cables and the right setup. But once you've got it, then you've got it life. And that's exciting because it can come in very handy. Now, those are the ways that you record. And just a little tip about getting good audio quality. We've talked a lot about needing those good microphones for those specific ways of recording. You basically want to make sure that everybody is in a good audio space. If you are doing something with a co-host, they will understand that. If you are doing something with a guest, it is a really good idea to coach them. You know, if you can hear that the sound is really echoey where they are, just ask them to walk into a room that's maybe a little bit softer and explain to them sort of what you're looking for. Just say, you know. audio is really echoey if you're anywhere near hard surfaces. So is there a room in your house where you've got like a lot of carpet or a lot of soft furnishings or anything that'd probably be a little bit better. So don't be afraid to coach them into where they should record. You also want to test the audio first if it's at all possible. I have had a few instances where it has worked perfectly one time and then not great another time or when I've been coached through it by somebody who's used it and then I've tried and it hasn't worked the way that I hoped it would. So you always want to try and test things out before you actually dive right in and do the recording proper. You also want to use your headphones to monitor what you're recording. So don't just listen to hear them speak. Listen to what is happening where they are and listen as your listener will hear it. So if you can hear the buzz of their air conditioner, ask them to move away from it. If you can hear the dog barking outside, if there's sounds there that you think, oh God, this is going to be a punish to edit out later, try and make those adjustments in the moment rather than saving it all the way to the end, getting to the edit and then thinking, oh God, I can't get rid of this and it sounds horrible. So you want to be doing those kind of changes on the fly. It'll make your life a lot easier when you actually get back to recording. And into your audio editing software. Make sure you turn off everything. If you are using these programs on your computer like Zencaster or Squadcast or Skype, you don't want things pinging off and you want your bandwidth to be purely used up by the software that you are using to record your podcast. So make sure you just shut everything else down and just have your computer running the software that is recording your podcast and any additional software that you require. So if you're using Zencaster, of course, you want to also run... Uh, Skype as well so you can see a person and just watch out for overtalk. It can be hard to get the rhythm right like I said when you are not in the same room as somebody so sometimes you just need to hold your fire for a second or two longer than you normally would uh, rather than talking over the top of them just to make sure that somebody is finished what they're saying. If you are recording audio locally and you get two separate tracks then that can be easily cleaned up later but it just makes things easier. If you can hold your fire and you don't have all of those little wobbly bits throughout the record where you're like, oh, oh God, sorry. Oh, oh, you, no, you go. No, I go. Oh God. Um, then it can just make things a little bit easier to sort out at the end of the process. So that is the bumper remote recording episode. And just to give you a little overview in terms of the sliding audio quality scale, so you understand sort of what you're dealing with, Top of the tree, best quality audio you can possibly get is locally recorded audio. So you doing that on your hardware or your software, obviously a bit of a pain in the butt because you've got to match those things up. Next down is recording via remote recording, websites, software, apps, that kind of stuff. Ideally, in a perfect world, if everything goes swimmingly, the quality of that is on par with your locally recorded audio that you have control over. But sometimes things don't go to plan with some of those websites. So that's why I just put that a step down, but it's still excellent audio quality and definitely test and make sure you're using a program you're comfortable with and you like. The next step down is audio that uses phone data rather than a phone line. So you will still, as an interviewer, want to be on your great microphone quality, but if you need to speak to somebody, then the next step down from having somebody locally recorded, if they have a microphone, if they don't have a mic and you've got to use a phone, then you're going to want to use an app that uses data rather than a phone line so like whatsapp audio or skype and then next one down is a phone line which is always going to be the lowest quality sometimes people can't tell the difference between a skype and a phone but that is usually the least high quality option of the lot and then the last one of course is just shouting into a tin can nobody wants to hear that i hope that has helped you get your head around remote recording which seems to be the recording option du jour at the moment and understandably so. It is so important that we stay home and stay safe and look after each other and look after the people that are most vulnerable and so it is a very interesting difficult, crazy, scary time right now. And I totally understand that. One of the opportunities, I think, is if you have a show or an audience, this is a time when people want to be communicated with. They want to hear a familiar voice. They want to have somebody check in with them. And so this can be a really great opportunity to build those relationships with the audience that you already have and just show up and be there for them. So hopefully this episode has really helped you to work out how you can do that if you've been thinking, oh my God, I'm so used to recording with somebody in the same room as me. How do I do it now? This is the way you do it. If you have any questions, please feel free to head to podschoolpodcast.com and just click on the contact page and send me an email. Thanks so much for listening. I really do hope that you are okay and that your friends and family are okay during this nutso time. And I certainly hope that we all get through it super, super quickly. Until then, I am definitely here for you and I would love to answer any questions that you have about podcasting. Thank you so much for listening to this show and I will see you in the next episode of the PodSchool Podcast. That's all for today.